Mom. I am your host, your girl Janine, and we are talking about dating in this series as a single parent. So I'm excited. This is episode seven, I think. And um, in the previous episode, I shared a little bit of my story, and then I brought one of my friends on to share her story. And I have another amazing friend. I'm so excited to have her on, Melissa. She's just so amazing, and we've had conversations before. Um, I think during the time, Melissa, I was dating, I was kind of talking to you. You were giving me a little bit of advice, <laughs> yeah. and you shared your story as far as you know your journey as a single mom and dating as a single mom. Mm-hmm. So I just want to officially welcome you, Melissa. Thank you so much for coming on. I want to give you the opportunity to tell people who you are, what you do, Um, So I'll give you the floor. Go ahead. Thank you so much, Janine. I'm so honored for this opportunity. And I'm so proud of you. I'm just so grateful that, you know, we have this God is so good to give us relationships that can just, you know, even when you haven't talked and seen each other in a long time time you could pick up where you left off and we can just continue to support each other and be a blessing not only to each other but to this community of uh single parents that um need to have conversations because it is definitely a very challenging place to be so my name is melissa augusto i'm a real estate broker in atlanta georgia and i recently acquired that title i was a salesperson for 12 years and this year i went for broker and um i'm just you know growing challenging myself um i just turned 51 years old and, and you I, don't look it thank you, you look so good i'm so good you know he if you're obedient <laughs> and you do what he tells you to do he keeps you young he you know the joy of the lord is definitely my strength and i can see um as the years progress and i look back and i see young women like you and so many other and even young men um, that are walking through this season of single parenting. And I'm just so grateful to have uh, opportunity to voice and to speak into what Dr. Trim would call that womb, just speak into it, speak life, know that it's only a season and it won't last forever. um, And that it doesn't have to be a a burden or feel like um, a sentence but that there's so much to grow and to learn within that. Right. And I love how you even said that um, being a single parent is a season. Yes. Because that's what I say. And, you know, I get a little more deep in in the label or title of single parent and and really trying to not adopt that as a label or a title, but really look at it as a season. Yes. Because, you know, I know that in this season, you know, God has graced me to be able to take care of my kids. God has graced me to be able to take care of myself. And as I shared, you know, even the healing process that I go through, um, that I made sure that I took the time to heal. But knowing this is a season because I really am presenting myself as a wife. You know what I mean? That I know that marriage will come. And I'm not ashamed to say that. At one point I was, Melissa. I was so ashamed to say that. But just got working on me, you know, and working on my confidence and uh, self-esteem. So um, I love that you said that. But I know in our conversations, especially when, you know, we've had time to kind of get together and talk and talk about 
uh, for me because you're married now. I am Ooh. 23 yes. years in the marriage. I love this. God be the glory. <laughs> yes, I love this. But you know, me kind of talking to you because you've been married um, for a long time, right? And just kind of me sharing some of my dating experience um, and you giving me some wisdom and sharing your story. So I thought it was a great thing to bring you on. Thank you. Because you were a single mom, right? I was. So talk about that. Talk okay. about um, just the early days when you were a single mom, oh, how days. that was for you. Yes. And then we're going to kind of move into that whole dating, your now husband. Oh, how that yes. Well, I, it was, I was a single mother for nine years to mm -hmm. my beautiful boy, um, who's now going on 31. Can, I, I'm like, where do the years go? So I think back, um, I was um, recently graduated from high school. I had started my college years. I was so excited. I was, uh, my parents are immigrants, so I'm a first generation American and I was gonna be the first one in my family as a female Latina that was going to graduate college with a degree here in the United States of America. And I was gung-ho about it. And yes. I met a boy from New York City. <laughs> Just, I met a boy. I met That's how it happens, New York right? City. And really, we were friends. Like, we weren't even mm -hmm. um, dating. We were friends. And I think the friend zone, you know, we could talk a little bit about that, is a good place to get to know someone. Um, and as we right. started to, you know, just we were going to the same school and we, we connected, um, we fell into a romantic situation that was a surprise to both of us. And my son... Mm -hmm. um, was born as a result of that. Now, I want us to those who are listening to me who are young, because I was 20 at the time, um, I had choices. And I am not an advocate of ending life or abortion mm -hmm. or anything like that. But I had choices. And they were very, I'm going back to the early, late 80s, early 90s. And I had, mm -hmm. um, I could have done this. And I chose not to. And I think back now, and I'm very glad I did it because um, I knew it was going to be either um, diaper fund or college fund. I couldn't do both. Right. So I always say right. I, I traded my college fund for my diaper fund, for a diaper fund. And um, mm -hmm. I never resented my son for that. And I praise God because he's since graduated from Florida State University with a bachelor's in communication and writing. So, yeah, you know, yeah. God has a way of when you sacrifice and you trust, um, even when you can't see it, he has a way of rewarding you. And the reward has come through what I was not able to accomplish uh, because he was coming into the world, my son has right. been able to accomplish. So I just want to encourage anyone that's listening, um, choose life. Um, Jesus, you know, always tells us to choose life. And the decisions that you make now, you may not get a quick return on that investment. But um, most mm -hmm. investments, right, uh, as a businesswoman, in my experience, the the, the 
ones that are better for you that give you more reward more yield it's going to be over time it's not the, it's right. not the quick you know microwave investment and so it's the same thing as rearing children so um that's how this came about some of you are single mothers because i have a friend for example that her husband committed suicide and so now she's raising mm -hmm. teenagers um i have another friend who's divorced has three children mm -hmm. running a business and she doesn't like to be called a single mother she feels that there's a lot of stigma behind that um right. but i have seen women over and over and over in different under different circumstances fall into this category we'll call it a season a mm -hmm. category and i'm glad that you talked about healing because one of the things that i had to do is i had to grow up fast and i had to heal mm -hmm. um and i didn't mm -hmm. know what i was healing from at the time i was not uh walking with the lord i grew up catholic but god was on a journey with me and i remember being a very young child i must have been about 11 12 years old and the lord spoke to me and told me that i would have a child and i was to name him joseph Seven years later, and this is your seventh podcast, um, I found myself pregnant as a 20-year-old single girl, unmarried, and mm -hmm. uh, very much like Mary. <laughs> and I, I needed a Joseph, but God told me that I was right. to name my son Joseph. I knew I would have a boy, and I knew I would name him Joseph. So God was always with yeah. me on the journey. Um, you know, he first loved us. And for that, I'm so grateful. And I could look back now and I could say, wow, he was always in it. But you don't really fully understand it all until several years later. And that's just how uh, life tends to work out. But that healing process is so important, Janine, regardless of how you came into this season, if you don't heal and you're not uh, coming into dating, uh, opening yourself up to now I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to be open to dating. If that healing hasn't taken place, um, that could be very scary to the person on the other side, but it could also be very dangerous for you as an individual. Right. Um, God blessed me with the opportunity um, after being a single mom for nine years to meet my husband who happened to be a single father. So um, that mm. in itself created a very unique dynamic. But yes, I remember times where um, as a single mother struggling, um, getting, uh, having to wait a couple of days to get to payday and having to decide whether I was going to fill my gas tank to make it to work and to drop off my son at daycare or to buy diapers. And I would use my sick time, stay home with my baby because I needed diapers and formula for my baby. And so one thing that I always uh, decided in my heart to do was to never uh, lean on the system. I wanted to work. I wanted to um, do this. I wanted to understand and, and grow in something that I had never understood or grown before. I did not grow up with brothers. Um, I grew up in a very mm -hmm. female uh, home. So being around a little mm -hmm. boy wanting to play on the floor with cars and wrestle with me and doing these things. 
that I yes, didn't understand. Yes. Um, I didn't grow up with babies. So I, I really had to learn, you know, how do you take care of yeah. a baby? And, um, you know, I remember the ear infections and um, coming home from work and picking him up and he would have an ear infection and having to use the emergency room as the doctor's office and and getting him on antibiotics and, you know, sleepless nights and having to get up and go back to work and just get up over it. And I, right. I believe what it really taught me was that anything that's worth doing in life is always going to be challenging um, and it's always going to require you to die to yourself. I mean, it is sacrificial, sacrificial, sacrificial right. all the time. And the investment does come later on. The reward of the investment comes later on. So hold on. I just want to encourage those that are listening. Hold on. Take it day by day. Yeah. There is a blessing uh, and, and a kingdom principle to the repetition, the law of repetition, just get up and do it again and get up and do it again. Right. And I know that sometimes that can make you feel dull or frustrated or just kind of like, wow, I'm doing this over here and I'm watching these people on social media or on TV, you know, live their life and look at me over here dealing with these kids. But there's something in that. And if you just keep repeating every day and being consistent with it, you will reap that reward um, and your legacy will live on because our children are the ones who continue. We pass that baton and continue on. My son is currently in Alaska. Um, he took on a six month assignment to be a um, you know, a, a forest ranger like and he's just out there with mm -hmm. the bears and the salmon and the mountains. And he's just an amazing person. He's an amazing photographer. Wow. He has this degree and he's not even applying it right now. But I'm like, my kid is in Alaska. <laughs> like, who does? But this is who. Right. It right. Is. And it's a testament on how yeah. you are as a parent, how you yes. parented him, you know? Yes. even through the challenges, even through the struggle. And you probably even at that age, you know, at 20, we're not as mature as we think we are, but you knew that you had to grow up fast. And I think that you just had um, an ingrained type of wisdom, you know, because of your mindset of what you knew that yes. you needed to do. And for, for that, I'm grateful. So yeah. at 51, people yeah. think I'm in my 30s. So you can imagine mm -hmm. in my when I was 20 and I gave birth to him, I looked like I was 14 years old. But the the right. part that I'm right. about to share with you guys is that not only was my son born under these circumstances that already unfortunately uh, subjected us to a lot of stigma socially, um, but that he right. had a lot of behavioral issues growing up. Um, from the age of preschool, I mean, it was throwing chairs. It was diagnoses of ADHD and oppositional defiant. And I'm going back to the early 90s when they used to put you on antipsychotic drugs. Uh, they told me that my right. son would grow up to be a delinquent, that my son would grow up to have to be in a, a mental hospital, uh, that, that, you know, in a, it, it was, there was a lot of 
stuff that I had to endure. So I just want to encourage those who are listening, this journey did not get easier. This journey became more and more and more and more difficult. And I remember I would cry myself to sleep and I would cry out to God. Now, Mm -hmm. I did not know the word. I was not saved, but God was Mm -hmm. with me. And I Mm -hmm. used to cry and I used to tell the Lord, send me a husband. Because in my mind, a husband would be a solution to what my son needed so that he would not continue on to have these behaviors. Later, I found out that that was not the case. And the journey, even Mm -hmm. after I married, became more challenging because I married a single father who had full custody of his son. And I now am married with a child that has all of these IEPs and all of these things and all this medication that he had to take. And I have a stepchild who has a mother and I had to deal with a lot of baby mama drama before that that term was even coined. Right. Yeah. Right. But before you even get into that, because I'm, I want to unpack some of what you've said. Um, and one of the key things that I've always said is that there's no one size fits yes. all when it comes to a single mom. You know, the mindset that most people would have or adopt, um, you know, that you have your child out of wedlock and you're a single mom or you're a teen mom, that's not necessarily true for all. And, you know, just bringing the awareness to that, you know, saying um, that single mom by choice, because there's people out there that want to have the baby, but don't want to have the spouse or the other person Um, you have by divorce, you have because you're a widow. And even to say um, you might be married, but then your husband is just not emotionally available, you know, to be able to um, parent or he might be disabled and you've got to take care of your child and your spouse because your spouse is disabled. So that it's, it's a loose term that you cannot just adopt just for one person and have this one ideal to cover everybody. So I'm glad that you shared that. But then also, as you were talking, you know, the whole stigma when it comes to children that are coming out of single parent homes and Melissa you know I'm gonna have to bring you back on when it comes to educational advocacy I talked to a gentleman who's a principal but I want to bring you on because um, when we talk about that when you put your child into the school system they're looking at the stats statistics they're looking at the behavior only they're not investigating and understanding the root cause they're trying to treat the symptoms you know the doctors are as well and I will tell you my son um, because you know we were married right and um he left we decided to divorce my son was getting ready to go into i think first grade and that first grade point on they were trying to say he had adhd they were trying to say that you know learning disabled and you know at a certain point because i didn't know any better i drank the kool-aid and felt like okay i needed to put him on medication i needed to do all this put him on an iep but what it was was that he didn't know how to process the fact that his father was no longer there he could not focus in school because he was focusing on that the dynamic of his household changed abruptly and i talked to him now at 15 and yeah he will definitely say that um and now i know better you know there was one time when he was on that medication and you know 
he was playing basketball and he was what first grade and had him on a basketball team and they were the kids running up and down the the court my son was standing in the middle of the court drugged out on adhd medication and i'm telling you like that my heart just sank and i said i don't care what the doctors say i don't care what the teachers say yeah. he's not yeah. he's not taking this medication look at him he's not himself i have a picture of my son that you can look at him in his eye you could tell that he was on some sort of medication i have that picture and it just reminds me you know that i made the best decision for him and now like he's a very thoughtful I, he's a genius you know yes. little lazy teenager little lazy yes. but i i want to just say you know these are the struggles that single moms, single parents kind of go through with their yeah. children in the school system but mm -hmm. we're not here to talk about that I feel no, like we could go in that direction. A conversation. We could go in oh, so yes. many different directions. But yeah, it was nine years of a lot of um, a lot of tears, a lot of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember <laughs> hiding my car from the repo man. Wow. <laughs> I would wow. go to work yeah. and I would park it like a mile away and I would walk and hide it and I would see this tow truck just circling the building. Right. And, and I just how can I function and concentrate on work and just have all these stressors? Yeah. Um, I didn't even realize back then the level of stress that I was under. Right. And I look back now as an older woman and living uh, my best life. Right. Back then I couldn't, I didn't realize that you could live your life by design. Like you could, you actually have more mm -hmm. control over how you want to live Um from many different levels, not just uh, economically. And, but back then I didn't have that understanding. I didn't have uh, the healthiest upbringing. I didn't have the healthiest relationship with my parents. Mm -hmm. I just didn't have a network. Um, I wasn't in church, I wasn't saved. Right. It was a lot of tears, a lot of tears. And I will say that I thank God because when I did marry my husband and he was in the military, I was blessed to have this military insurance that I couldn't afford when I was a single mm -hmm. mother to have insurance. Mm -hmm. I had to pay everything out of pocket. And this military doctor, he was a psychiatrist. He saw my son and he said, do you know that the medication that you have him on is uh, can cause him to have involuntary body movements and it can actually like cause long-term damage right. for him. And I was like, no. Wow. And so as a single parent, I had to deal with a lot of guilt that I was so like uh, desperate that I did drink that Kool-Aid. And I yeah. did say, you know what? Maybe I'll try this medication because it'll stop him and I won't have to deal with these stresses anymore. Right. So I, I went through that. Um, it was nine years of that. Um, married my met my husband single dad married him um, and I became an instant stepmother to a child that had a, his mama in his ear in a very unhealthy way um, and I had to remind myself every day that he is a child and that he's being influenced and right I had to learn um, and, and say, can I love someone else's child? Can I love right. a child that's not loving? Um, and how do I love him and not make him feel bad when he's seeing how I am as a mother with my own With your son, son. right. So that right. And that's something that we have to consider. Yes. You know, as we date, 
Yes. Um, and considering the person that we want to date, do you want to date someone that has children or no? Yes. And my friend um, in the last episode, she wanted to date somebody that didn't have any children. And people made her feel bad, you know, tried to make her feel bad for making yeah. that decision. But she had a reason why, because she knew that she could not really love somebody else's children as if they were her own. Yeah. Right. And so she was comfortable and confident in herself enough to say, if I'm going to date someone and marry someone, it has to be somebody that doesn't have children. And I think that that's what we have to assess with ourselves. Yes. When we begin to open ourselves up to date, these are the questions that we need to ask ourselves before we start dating. Yeah. You know, what are the standards? What are the no, you know, what are the things that you have to say no and, and walk away from, you know? And I think sometimes because we, we get lonely and yes. we miss the relationship and we want to be loved. And we look at all of these other people, That's right. you know, like my college friends are married and they have this amazing, you know, on the outside, Facebook looking in yes. marriage, you know, and I feel like I missed out, um, you know, comparison is a thief of joy. Right. Yes. But, but we tend to rush into something that God is saying, no, there's still some work that you need to do. That's there's still right. some things that you need to do. And, and you need to understand who you are. It's a key right. component because here's the thing that marriage does. A lot of times women, we you know, we think that a, a man, a, a husband, and he is. He's supposed to be our covering, our protector. Because right. as women, we want to be, we want to be, we want safety. We want, right. we want to feel safe. And we want that for our children also. And, and that's by design. Um, and men want to feel loved and honored and respected. So mm -hmm. once we understand those roles, that's great. But that's really good that you're saying that. Because one thing that marriage does that we don't realize is that it exposes you. It, it pressures you in a way. If you're selfish, if there's... Um, if there's pride, if there's selfishness, if there's immaturity, it's going right. to expose you. So please understand that marriage is not the solution. Sometimes marriage is, is what God uses to say, hey, you know, we need to deal with this over here. And, right. and, and I thank God that we have prayer, that we can pray for our spouses before we even meet them. So I want to encourage right. everyone that's listening, pray for them now. Don't wait until you meet them because you're going to need someone. We have to cover each other's nakedness. You need someone that is That's mature so enough to understand that when I am angry, I'm not at my best, I'm having a weak moment, I you know, freak out or whatever the case may be. I need you to not judge me. I need you to give me the space that I need if that's what I need, or I need you to give me the comfort that, and to be able to discern, does she need space or does she need comfort? Right. And Holy Ghost filled, discerning, someone who loves the Lord, maybe even more than you do. And there are men and women out there like that. So pray for them now. Don't wait for them to show up. Um, the other thing that uh, when you're dating, I have girlfriends who have dated men, have gone out into the world to date men and have married them, take them to church, get them saved. No, baby. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work. Right. I have you're, one. You're, you're marrying potential she, of what you see. There is right. one. One of my girlfriends is going on her third. She made that mistake twice. She's going on her third. I have another sister in Christ in the church. She's about to get married. This is her fifth marriage. 
So we really have to understand that it's, it's not a fairy tale. Um, it's, it's an, it's an institution that God created, um, to, to create legacy, safety, um, and to, and to, and serve to serve each other but you you can't serve someone who doesn't understand you and you don't understand them and that understanding right. many times it has to come through the holy spirit um there. and it's understanding yourself yeah. you know i think that if i if i knew who i was when i was yes. younger before i got married um that marriage probably wouldn't have happened yes. you know but it comes with maturity yes. And, and maturity is tied to age and experience. Um, it is, and I say loosely, loosely tied to age because you can have people who are like, you know, I've met people older than me and they, their maturity level is not there. Um, not to say anything to be rude about any particular person, but you know, you know that maturity um, is loosely tied to age, but you're, you're getting to know yourself in your 20s. You're getting to know yourself in your 30s, I would say, because, you know, I'm, I'm not in my 30s anymore, y'all. Surprise, surprise. But, but yeah, you know, as you grow and as you learn and as you experience life, I think you begin to know who you are, your non-negotiables, what you value in life, what you value in another person. You know, you understand yourself yeah. inside and out. And once you understand yourself inside and out, then you're gonna be able to attract someone to you, you know, because you've done the work. You've asked yourself the hard questions. And because you've asked yourself the hard questions, then you know that this is the person that I would desire yes. in my life, right? Yes. So let me ask you a question, Melissa, because you said pray for your spouse before you even meet them. What kind of prayer does somebody need to say? Do they say, oh, Lord, I pray for my six-foot <laughs> husband, slim, bill, nice shoes, Fine good wine. Yes. You know, he's a millionaire. I just pray that he's a millionaire. I just pray that he, you know what I mean? Like, people think that they can pray um, certain things like that. You know what I mean? But what type of prayer, how should somebody pray for their future Well, spouse? I think that's an honest prayer <laughs> because... It is, it is, but you know, it's it's more superficial. It you is, know what I mean? but God knows, you know, it, that's gonna that's gonna come into play when it comes to, you know, we all have, vi- we're all very visual, and we all are attracted to certain mm-hmm. things, certain colors, certain, mm-hmm. you know, things. Just and you're going to need that throughout your marriage experience because, you know, people, you know. People say, you know, love and this and that and the other. No, it's commitment. It's the vows. You know, it's not mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. not a fairy tale. And so you need those things that attracted you to remain there so that you can still look at that person even as they're aging and still find them attractive mm-hmm. because it mm-hmm. ties into sexuality and God gave us the gift of sex and marriage for pleasure. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why it's supposed to only operate, you know, within the, those confines. And so I think that that's an honest prayer, Lord. You know, can he make him handsome? You know, is it teeth? Some women right. love certain teeth. Some men love certain you know, build or hair or high, whatever that is, I think that that's okay. That's mm-hmm. honest. But to get down to where you're going, um, I think the prayer should be, God, let your will be done because you've already created this person. They already exist. We just haven't met them yet. And that person right. has to be the person that God has built inside of them 
the uniqueness that you're going to need to continue to feel safe. Safe enough to have a meltdown. Safe enough to send him to the store and ask him to buy you something that he doesn't want to have to buy. (laughs) Safe enough to, to... to be able to discern what you need before you even know that you need it. You know, right. I was having a panic right. attack, 35,000 feet in the air. And I looked at my husband and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But he knew. And I had never experienced right. something like that. I didn't even realize mm-hmm. because as women, we continue to operate and, and flow and just hit that repeat button and hit that re- keep doing and keep doing, keep doing. And I was right. I was burning out, didn't know it, but my husband, God gave him the discernment, the wisdom, the sensitivity to say, mm-hmm. you're having a panic attack, stand up, let me help you. And he helped me walk through it. I'm on a plane, 35,000 feet in the air, 45 minutes left on the flight. Right. His, his looks didn't help me at that time. How much money he made didn't help me at that time. All the other years that we've had together didn't help me. But what helped me is that God put us something in him that God knew that day, that time, 35,000 feet in the air on that flight that I would need him to Mm -hmm. know and to help me because I didn't know what was happening. And my mind was telling me, jump out of the window or open the door and jump out. Right, right. But he was truly a someone that was covering you and that is really what a husband is and he was truly covering me and only god can do that but he knows he knows me because i couldn't articulate it he just saw my eyes and he was like and then he was like what's going on i couldn't even articulate it oh my mouth had gone dry i was just he just saw panic in my eyes and he said you're having a panic attack. And then he helped me walk through that. And so it's that kind of a prayer. That person that has already built in them that they don't even know it's in them. Right. So it's like, God, you know, let me, let my husband have capacity for me and let me have capacity for him, you know, because you become the one flesh, right? So we fit inside of each other, but we have to have the capacity to receive that other person. But, you know, even in my prayers and y'all, I'm telling you all my stuff, but, um, I pray for his heart. I pray that, you know, he continues to grow in God, that he's healing in God, you know, like whatever it is that, that he needs to work on, that God is right there with him. And then, you know, because I'm a single mom and I have children, I pray that he is a man that loves my children as if he's, if they're his own, like I pray that, but not only that I'm praying for him, but I'm like, God, prepare me. Prepare my heart. If there's anything that I need to heal, if there's anything that you need to reveal to me that I need to work on, I want to be the best person, the best version that I can be for my husband, you know, and I know that you're working on him and, you know, cover him, let him have restful sleep tonight, let him have success in whatever he's doing at this present moment, you know, just kind of imagining him in the moment and just praying for him. And I do that. I do that. Um, And the grace to forgive. Right. But here, now that you're talking about him and the children, mm-hmm. one thing that I've seen, and I myself struggled with this, is that we want to allow them to do a lot of stuff with our kids until it's time to discipline or to have Talk those tough conversations. Mm-hmm. And as women, we tend to be like, you can do this. 
But when it comes to this, you can't touch my child. Yeah. You can't. And I'm not talking about physically touching. I'm just talking about like, you don't go there. I handle that part. And I, I think that we need to be prepared to give them enough space to parent, to be the man, that we don't allow them to be, you know, the king, the priest, and the prophet of the home when it's convenient to us and when it's time to sit little Johnny down and have a tough conversation right. um, and perhaps even talk about punishment or, or what are the circumstances going to be, then we don't support each other. Or now you think that you need to go shift into a mode to protect your children. Right. And even if he doesn't handle it the right way, ladies and even gentlemen, give your spouse the opportunity to not do it the way you would do it. Because we cannot continue to emasculate or to tear down. Uh, we have to, we have to work through that and give them the respect and the honor that they need. And the children will will use that division to right. manipulate if they see it. So you can always have a conversation later and say, "Hey, you know, thank you so much. I I really you, and we can learn from each other." Because maybe the way that you were handling things with your children, listen, especially boys, they don't act up the same way when there's, you know, a man. In right. And so just give each other trust, trust that that person's heart is going to be the right heart for your children. And there might be somebody thinking, I thought we were going to talk about dating. Why are we talking about marriage? Well, because as men and women um who who walk with you know with the lord and we are believers of the lord jesus christ we should be going into dating when we with the idea of we're looking for someone to spend the rest of our life with but here's the thing when it comes to the children also don't just i know right now the children are like big, 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 big piece of this, but the children are going to grow up. They're going to go to college. They're going to move away. My son lives in Colorado now. He's currently in Alaska. And so my husband and I couldn't lose sight. And it happened a few times of us. Mm -hmm. Um, because when you don't want to just be so, oh, I need a, a, a step parent for my child, you need to, to think of it more as we're going to go through this season, the season of being a single parent is going to end this, the season of rearing children is going mm -hmm. to, to happen. That's, what's going to change. And we're going to go into that season, but then there's the, after that after. season ends, there's me and you. Talk about it. And a dog named Boo. And what are we going to do about it? And so we right. always have to keep that. Have a vision for the next 10 years, depending on how old your children are. And a plan. And ask the Holy Spirit to give you strategy. But then have the the greater plan of, you know, 20 years. Where are we going right. to be standing? What do we want to do? What do we want to accomplish with our lives? Um, and so I love that. And I think even when you talk about on the end of marriage and what we should consider, we have to start considering these things when we begin to date. Yes. You know, because if you're dating, if you're dating and the end game is marriage, let's talk about the end game. Then you have to consider, are you open and willing to let this person that you're dating to, um, discipline your children? If the answer is no, then he might not be the right fit. Why? And, and if there's a valid reason, he might not be the right fit. 
you know, if you're dating someone, um, and then even considering how long should it be before they meet my children, yeah. right? Because all of it matters. And then going into dating and to wanting to be married, married because you want that relationship because yeah. marriage is between a man and a woman and understanding, you know, you do have kids, but eventually it's just going to be the two of right. you. You know, everything is a season. And I think that that would be a takeaway for any single person, parent, um, to really have to consider and, and sit with yourself. And I'm a person, I like to write stuff yes. out and write a vision. And you know, Melissa, we know all about writing vision, the 10 year, 20 year, yes. I, I can't do a 10 or 20 year. I'm building myself. I know, up to that. I know. But you know, <laughs> our mentor, you know, the person that covers us, that's yeah. what she does. Um, but really these are the questions that we need to ask ourselves now. Yeah. And I think that when we have the clear, uh, once that picture becomes clear, mm -hmm. then you're more intentional when you date. And you're not wasting your time. You're not showing your kids, you know, uh, Bob, Mark, you know, David, yeah. you know, they're not meeting all these random people. Yeah. And I think that some lose sight of that. You know what I mean? And I can talk, you know, based on experience of what I've seen other people do. You know, their kids are meeting um, the girlfriend, mm -hmm. you know, one summer, the next summer, it's a different yes. girlfriend. And then the next summer, it's a different yes. girlfriend. And it's like, wait a minute. They, they're getting confused. Now they're looking at your behavior. Yes. And I had this conversation with someone the other day. It's not necessarily what we say that kids model. It's what we do that they model. And the thing is, is that because you have kids and as you are going into discovering yourself, but you're making a mess because you're trying to discover yourself by dating all these random people and your kids are seeing it. What do you think your kids, the behavior your kids are going to model? Yes, this is true. You don't want, right, this right. And so- I don't, I, for me and Melissa, you know, like I try to be very private about my yeah. life and my space and my children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the one time that I opened myself up to dating, right. And, you know, we <laughs> talked about this particular person. Um, I was it like, was a big Nina, deal. are you sure? <laughs> it was a big deal. God bless him. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a really nice guy, but, but, you know, and let me talk about this. And I talked about this before. It had been so long since I've actually dated mm -hmm. someone. Like it was my husband. We went a divorce. Yeah. I took five, I don't even know how many years to heal. Wow. And then, you know, I had a friend that I, we were friends, but he really showed me the way that I needed to be treated as a, as a woman. And I appreciate That's him good. for that. But when I went into like, we're dating with this particular person, I discovered things about myself that I still needed wow. to work on. And I'm thankful for the grace of God because it was like, oh, no, 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 no. There's still some things Janine needs yeah. to work on as far as her non-negotiables, as far as what she will accept, how she will be treated, and what she's not going to accept. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, that was just a lesson. I dipped my, my toe in the dating yes. pool. Let me come back, and let me just really continue to work on myself. Let me build my prayers, and let me just, you know, do all of these things because I don't want to expose my children to right. someone. I don't want to get in a marriage that is not going to work. I don't want to rush into any yes. of that. I don't want to rush I mean, into any that of that. I think that in the preparation, in the waiting, um, I believe that we should set some boundaries in our life 
that don't that that aren't necessarily for us, although they're healthy to have, but mm-hmm. for the person that's coming because this particular scenario that you're talking about, this gentleman that I was like, Janine, are you sure? I saw what made me say, are you sure is because he did Mm -hmm. not have boundaries in certain areas of his life that were tied to his past that I could just see. Mm -hmm. I dealt with that. When I say baby mama drama, I don't wish that on anyone. And so I, I think that we have to look outside of ourselves and say, if I was dating me, would I want to deal with this? You know, what are the boundaries that you need to, healthy boundaries that you need to set in place with your ex? If there's an ex, especially if there's children involved, that ex will always somehow be, you know, and that was my biggest challenge. You know, my husband's ex-wife was always calling. Where are you going? What are you doing? And I was like, excuse me. And I didn't want to come off as this, you know, territorial. He's mine now because it wasn't that, but it was so out of place. But, you know, a lot of men, you know, they don't want friction they don't want uh to create any problems and so but they don't realize that that they that by being so neutral that they are actually attributing to a problem and then right and so i i think that we have to come outside of ourselves in preparation yes heal yes um it takes a minute to get to know someone. It get it takes a minute to, to mm-hmm. see the little red flags. And everyone's got their best, you know, face on at the beginning. Representative. Yes. And so yes. I would even dare say the friend zone is the safe zone. Maybe you don't want to start off that relationship with someone as a friend while you're trying to figure them out. Because you could still support and love a man to a woman as a friend, as a guy friend, and the same thing, a woman to a man, you could still respect him and honor him. That dynamic doesn't have to change. But I think if you keep it friends, like let's just walk together as friends and not go into that dating category right away. Because I feel that the dating category brings a pressure to maybe, Mm -hmm. oh, I got to kiss her. When is the right date how many dates to like kiss her well kissing can lead to the danger zone and then it could already be too late or maybe you're compatible in you know this area but not what you need for the rest of of what what you're bringing into the picture so so the friend zone in my opinion is the safe zone where you can walk with this person with no pressure to kiss to hug to touch none of that um just friends and just kind of until i see your stuff and then when i start to kind of see some stuff i'm like okay is that stuff that we can work through and then if i bring the stuff to your attention how do you respond to that? 
Oh, that's real good right there. Because if they're not ready Mm -hmm. and open to say, you know what? I didn't even notice that. It's a blind. Thank you for bringing my, a blind spot to my attention. What do you think I could, how could I work? Or will you pray for me? Or will you pray with me? You know, what is their response? Are they responsive or are they reactive? Because once you've got the kids in the house, the mortgage or the rent and the, the, the bank account, are together it's complicated and now you have to work through all the minutiae of all of that don't do that so the friend zone is where I would say start the other reason why I say that is because we don't want to keep dating people and feeling like it's like going shopping you know and you have to go into the dressing room and try on all these pairs of jeans you know nobody likes to go to the dressing room at least I don't and so we're not trying on people Like, let's not do that. Like, let's stay in the friend zone. And then they can, maybe somebody can graduate from friend zone into date zone because date zone leads to married zone. Okay? You know, and I'll tell you this, and this is one of the things that I've always prayed um, was that God not bring any male into my life Um, that was not my husband, you know what I mean? But I really think God was like, well, let me see if you're ready, Janine. You know, this guy's interested in you, but I'm going to show you that you're not ready kind of thing. And he showed me and I was like, okay, yes, Lord. Thank you. Um, and I'm friends with this guy to this day. You know, he's, he's an awesome father to his children. Great guy. Um, but you know, that's just, he's just a friend because, um, anything else would have shortchanged me. Like the capacity for me was not there. Let's just say that. That's so good. Right, right. And so I was able to recognize that. But I mean, I wholeheartedly because again, it goes to um, my focus, my attention and the areas that I need to be disciplined in. And I don't want to waste my time dating all of these people to try to find the right one. So I'm like, God, don't, I do not, I, I, I want you to, in a way, kind of keep me hidden until it's time for my husband to come. Yes. Let me only attract my husband, the man that I'm supposed to be with. You know what I mean? And I really believe that. And I know, you know, for some people, they're probably listening to our conversation like, y'all are so crazy folks. <laughs> but I really believe that because I yes. think that nothing happens by accident. Yeah. Everything is by design. And if we just take ourselves out of the equation of trying to meddle in matters, mm. um, because we can't, we can't change the heart of people. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. We all have free will. So if I can just remove myself and just trust God to present me. I love that. Just like Eve was presented to Adam, yes. right? And then I can work on myself. I can be the best parent to my children. I can be the best employee to, you know, my work. I can be the best businesswoman to my business. I can be the best mentor. I can be the best, all of these other things that God has purpose for me to do while I'm waiting to be presented. That is beautiful. Just like Esther, she had to go through there you go. a year of, of preparation, different baths and different oils and, yes. and flowers and perfumes. And there was a preparation before she was presented and then she was chosen. So let's right. not take, go. Nobody likes to go into the dressing room. You're not trying on jeans and bathing suits. Let's not try on people. Let's just say, hey, 
let's do friend zone and we can see if you know we hang out whatever go to the movies whatever but that takes the pressure off and let's see if if we if we appreciate each other or if there's anything there that you might see in me or I might see in you that I'm just kind of like you know what nah I'm not Right. to the next level but I want to talk to um the young women who want the wedding they want the dress they want the fan okay. we all do we all do we all do lady <laughs> but go ahead and talk about but it I want to talk about it because the man and this is not what somebody wants to hear but the man that the Lord may send your way may not have the finances Mm-hmm. You may not have the finances, mm-hmm. but he's the right or she's the right one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When my husband and I married, he was on a military salary. I was making $14 an hour. We were a blended family, each of us single parents. We went to the courthouse. We did not live together. I, I do not believe that living together is an option. Don't deceive yourself. Oh, we're sleeping in separate rooms. We can't afford it. We've got to share the rent. Well, where were you living before you even met this person? Stop Mm -hmm. the compromise, number one. Number two, if you're going to do it, go to the courthouse. It doesn't cost a lot of money to get a marriage license, and you're going to have to get it anyways, even if you do marry in the church and put on the pretty white dress. You are going to have to apply for that license and pay for it. So just do that because that's where the covenant lies. It is a legal Mm -hmm. covenant. God is a God of covenants. And that's where the covenant lies is when that marriage is legalized and then now you go and you consummate the marriage. And ladies, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have the wedding. I wore a plain white gold band for 10 years. I always wanted the wedding. I married a man that had been married before. And some some men, I'm not going to say all, but some men don't really mm-hmm. see the value in that. But women, we always have that dream of putting on that dress and da-da-da-da-da. So for my 10th year wedding anniversary, my husband said, I have always, now mind you, this was a prayer and a desire that I had in my heart. The Lord spoke to my husband and said, you've always wanted to have a wedding for our 10 years. Let's renew our vows. I got my Mm -hmm. beautiful, I mean, diamonds, at least 20 diamonds on my wedding set. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So patience, patience. It doesn't mean no, it's just not now. But just because he doesn't have all of the money, my husband and I live, when we look back to how we started and how we live now, I mean, God has been so good. But it's because we've been willing to pace ourselves, to be responsible, to not live in debt, to pay things off, to make the right investments, Mm -hmm. not only in each other, but in our finances, in our family, in our marriage. And so that 10 year, I got to wear my dress 
And here's the thing. I used to work in the beauty industry, in the wedding industry. I've seen the brides breaking down and crying 10 minutes before they have to walk down the aisle for many different reasons. But because I was a more mature bride and it was a a vow renewal. And now we got to Mm -hmm. dedicate our marriage to the Lord because when we first married, we were not saved. It just made Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. so much more special. It was intimate. We did it on a cruise ship. We had our intimate family and our intimate friends there. There was nothing that was going to make it stressful or uh, uh, not fun. I've seen so many brides, right. 20, 30, 40, $50,000 wedding, and they have a miserable time. So just don't let those things be a distraction for you to say, oh, no, this right. is not him because he drives right. a used car and he uh, lives in this apartment. But how's his credit score? You know, do, is he saving money? Um, is he responsible? Does he pay his things on time? Look for the patterns. Look for the behaviors because that will grow. Right. You can have a ton of money, but if you don't have those disciplines in place, it will, it will leave money. Money leaves a lot faster than it comes. So it's not about the money. It's about the disciplines, the, 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 the virtues, the, do they have the heart for where you're going, not where you're standing because you're not going to stand where you're standing right right now forever. So I just wanted to put that out there, especially if you're approaching a relationship with children and this man has never been married before and he's never had children. Um, Their chances are that his family is discouraging him from choosing you to be the one um and Mm -hmm. because that's a little bit hard for some mothers to to accept and especially if they're very loving and very close-knit so don't be so demanding are the disciplines there does he have the heart does he come from a good family whatever the case may be but don't make it about the money because the money will come and the money will go um but i just had to say that it's not about the cinderella wedding it can come later. Right. Just get to the, get to the courthouse right. and, and do do it right and do it unto the Lord. Um, because I see a lot of girls, oh, yeah, he put a he gave me a ring or he said he was going to get me a ring. And in the meanwhile, all this compromise is going on. I'm like, this ain't about a ring. Right. The, the right. Will come right. Or you I might want to you know. take that ring and throw it at <laughs> Yeah, but you know, sometimes we people we yeah. lose sight of that and we get um caught up in the fantasy that you know, has been ingrained like we watch these movies that that have the yes. happy endings, you know, we we want our lives to yes. be a Disney movie, you know, and I've always thought that for myself, you know, even as a young girl, I measured success yes. by being married and having children. And when I had it and it and it failed, I felt like I was a failure. Like I was not wow. successful in my life because my marriage failed. And that was things that God had to kind of, you know, massage my heart and work me through to let me know that I'm not a failure. You know, everything happens for a reason and God uses everything, you know, for his good, for our good, everything for our good. So, um, I know we're coming up on the hour and to be honest, Melissa, like this, when we came into this interview, I had a whole idea of how I wanted it to flow, but I'm so grateful 
that it went in this direction because what you have provided is wisdom. You have provided wisdom because you have gone through the process Mm -hmm. of being a single mom and now married, what, 23 years, and some of the things through your marriage that you've experienced to help us understand as single mothers, especially wanting to be married, these are the things that we need to consider. We need to dig just a little bit deeper. And even as you were talking, I'm like, I need to dig a little bit deeper, you know, to understand what do I really want, you know, and am I ready for that? Am I ready for that? And that's the question that we need to ask because, you know, again, I refuse to jump into something that is, that is not going to last or it's going to be, I feel like I have to stay in a marriage because of this, you know, or whatever the reason is. Um, so before we sign off, Melissa, I just feel inclined for you to just pray, um, especially over the single moms. I know, you know, I want this, um, podcast to be for both single Mm -hmm. moms and single fathers, but I think that our, the mothers, especially, you know, I think that it is in their heart to have that covering, um, a marriage of a Mm -hmm. husband. Um, and I think that I, I tend to see that more when I talk to the little, you know, single parents that marriage really is one of the things they desire. So if you yes. don't mind, can you pray for the single yes. moms? Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come and we just thank you, God. I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I just bless everyone under the sound of my voice now. I call you blessed. I call you worthy. I call you beautiful. And while you're waiting, while you're waiting, may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding rest upon you now. For those women that have some brokenness from their past because of their fathers and their relationship with their fathers and they don't quite understand what a husband should look like because they didn't have the best examples. God, you be their husband. You be their example. Holy Spirit, you who lead and guide in all truth, we thank you. And I call you blessed, fulfilled, successful, and prosperous in everything you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you, Melissa. You, um, you are needed. (laughs) You are needed. And I'm so glad that you came on. I'm so glad that you shared, um, a level of wisdom that you have, um, with us, with single moms. Um, we needed to hear you. We definitely needed to hear you. So, um, I'm going to close us out. We're going to need to come back on again, Melissa. There's so much more that we can talk about, um, you know, when it comes to single parenthood and just the struggles, the stigma, education, medication, um, all of that. And I think that sometimes us as single parents, we sit by ourselves and think that we're experiencing this by ourselves and nobody else understands and knows Mm -hmm. But, you know, you're a testament. I'm a testament that we understand. We know we've walked through it. Um, and it's, it's us showing you this is the way. These are the things that we've done. This is how you can do it. And that speaks to community. That speaks to village. And it's so necessary for us as single parents to have that. We, we can't. We not even just survive, but we can't live without the community and the support of our village. Yeah. So 
Thank you again, Melissa. I'm going to make sure that I put um, information in the show notes of how people can connect with you. I think after today, people are probably going to want to connect with you um, for sure. And so for everyone that's listening, I don't, you know, that prayer just took me. <laughs> um, I'll be listening back to this again um, because, you know, definitely just garnering the wisdom that Melissa has brought forth. But I, I definitely want to thank everyone that has been on, that has stayed with us, that has listened wherever you are in the world, whatever time it is in the world where you are. I want to thank you. And again, you can always stay connected with me through social media at Janine Elizabeth, all social media channels. If this episode blessed you, if you felt like you got value, um, I want you to subscribe to Candidly Single Mom. I want you to share this. If you know another single mother that needs to hear this, share. Um, And if you have any questions, comments, feedback, we want to hear it as well. So definitely follow me. Um, I'll make sure that you have Melissa's information to follow her and give her feedback as well. Thank you again, Melissa. Thank you, everyone, for being on. And, of course, we will talk again the next time. Take care and God bless.